All right, what's up, everyone? Tyler Dunn here with Dave Burkett. What's up, Todd? Detroit Free Press extraordinaire. We blow a lot of smoke on this podcast, but I really mean it. I don't know how you do it all. (laughs) Features, news, the day-to-day coverage, but more importantly, being a dad. Like, running your kids around to, you know, about 27 different sports. I really just want to ask you about dad stuff, but time is of the essence. So we'll we'll have to reconnect to do a dad pod. We'll get Monas on. He's got Walters, so that's that's what the people really care about. Yeah, that's right. We'll do we'll do that. We just we talk that at the combine and catch up when we see each other for sure. So DA at CBS Sports Radio, he put it best. It's like you just gotta take what the defense gives you. I kind of like uh, you know, survive in advance, but do you have a say with the kids? Yeah. Uh you know, I mean you know this, right? Like it is the best time of, of life and, and it's, it's the most important thing. And it really is just about making them a priority, like knowing you have to right? the job comes first sometimes because that's what you use to support your family. But man, if I can wake up early in the morning or go to bed late at night and spend some time doing that in order to run the kids around and get them to their things. You know, you just sort of make do. It's life, right? That's life. You got to you gotta put the kids first. Well, it helps when you have a Detroit Lions team that is really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, a really interesting team. You've covered some bad teams. You've covered some teams that were really good for, you know, two and a half, three months. And then they have that December swoon. And here comes Aaron Rodgers, you know, with the heels collarbone to steal the division. Right. But it feels real. To you, why does it feel real? And maybe I'm dead wrong. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're bound to do... Lions things, but it does feel like this is a really good roster, especially on offense. A coach who gets it. Um, the way they finished last year, went in at Lambeau Field. I know there's really no carryover, but it it, it felt like a big step. Well, I think I think you hit on the key points. I mean, you look at this division, right? And, and you covered the Packers for a while, so you know for 30 years it was Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers' first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's a pretty tough hill to over overcome, you know, to climb in the NFL. And the Lions never. Never were able to do that. And at least, you know, on any sort of regular basis, the division is very much there for the taking right now. You know, their schedule, they, they also play the NFC South. That's 10 games against pretty mediocre competition. They're not going to win all of them, but, but that's a lot of opportunities for wins. So, you know, getting that out of the way or putting that out first, I really do believe in what they're doing beyond that. I mean, you mentioned it, Dan Campbell to me, he's very good at what head coaches have to be best at and that's managing people. And Brad Holmes is really good at what GMs have to be great at. And that's drafting. I mean, his, his first two drafts have been really good. So you put those two things together. Um, the roster that they have with the young talent that they have certainly gives them an opportunity to win a lot of games. And then you couple that with that schedule factor that I sort of mentioned, right? They don't have to run the, the, the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow gauntlet. I do think it's, there's a lot of, you know, legitimate reason to be optimistic about what this team can accomplish this fall. This is where uh, my co-host would jump in and say, yeah, but Jared Goff. But you look <laughs> at the NFC, right. I mean, you could easily, in my opinion, talk yourself into Jared Goff winning the division, maybe winning the conference, or at least threatening. He he proved to be good enough last yep. year, made the throws he had to make. The, the, with Ben Johnson, the system, with the run game, with the maybe the best offensive line in football. Anna, where do you stand on the idea that, okay, everything's really, really good here, but do you have something special at quarterback to elevate you to yeah. the next stratosphere? I think there are a couple potholes for this team that you have to be concerned about. You know, like the offensive line is really good, 
but there's some injury concerns there. Big yeah. V, you know, missed all the last year with, with back surgery. Frank Ragnow, their Pro Bowl center, has a toe injury that's not going away. Um, you know, so there's there's a few things that they have to navigate. You know, the wide receiver position without Jamison Williams, the first six games, like, do they have enough there? Six games. Six right. games. And and then Jared Goff is is the, you know, the third one, I guess, because maybe I agree with your co-host in some regards. Like, I, I don't think Jared is this all-world quarterback. He played really well last year. I think he's maybe found a little bit of himself here in Detroit if he can repeat what he did last year and not have the turnovers, 324 straight passes to end the season without a pick. If he can play similar to that for 17 games this year, the Lions have a chance to be really good. Great point, man. What is the biggest wild card to you then? Is it one of those three things then? I I mean, look, I think the line will be good enough. They have some depth. And I know the defense was not great last year. I think they've they've done some things to make it more competitive this year. Um, I do think it's it's golf. I mean, it's the old you know idiom like that's you're only going as far as the the quarterback takes you yeah. in the NFL. And so a lot of it does hinge on whether Jared Goff can continue that uh, really good play. You know whether you can win with him, I guess, you know, win big with them. And the Rams, you know, maybe won with him, not because of them. And I think the Lions will have to win with them, not because of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do think the Lions are maybe in a better spot quarterback-wise than a lot of teams in the NFL, even if Jared Goff isn't a top, you know, yeah. five or seven quarterback in the league. I love the uh, resistance to panicking, right? I mean, so many teams, new coach, new GM, they won't come out and say it, but they would love to be terrible and hopefully get a top five pick and then hope that that guy works out or swing a big trade. I mean, they traded for Jared Goff, but it was yeah. to get the picks. It's like sure. you're, you're almost taking him in spite of him because, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. But, man, it's worked out. I mean, they, they've kind of took this different path toward team building that I think more teams should. Like, just just build a team. Build a team. Get around a quarterback if you have to. But maybe they should start talking contract extension with Jared Goff. Well, so this is the thing, I think, with the Lions, right? Like, they they view this season, right now they're in a window to sort of win, you know, because they have all this young talent. And to your point, you know, they they it's not just about the quarterback, right? They've built a pretty well-rounded roster. That offensive line is really good. They've got some pass rushers now. They spent a little bit on the, the secondary this offseason. At some point, the build does sort of come due for that. Like, it's harder to build a team that way because you have so many more people to pay at some point. So, you know, when you have to pay Jonah Jackson after the season, and then maybe you have to pay Panay Sewell after the next season, and I'm on Ross St. Brown, and all of a sudden you're not able to keep quite as many really good pieces around you. And when you don't have two first round picks like they've had the last two years, it's tougher to accumulate that young talent. So I do think the Lions are in this window to win right now. And a lot of it will be Look, if if they make the playoffs, if they have the season we all think they're going to have, they probably have to pay Jared Goff at the end of this year. You know, if they don't, well, then you have Hendon Hooker as a backup, and, you know, maybe you can afford some of those. He wasn't out there with a cane today. Right. He he forgot his cane at practice. Yeah. Old old court. Speaking of those rookies, that's the key, right? I mean, you get those cost-control contracts in there, and that's where they benefited from the Goff trade. Just a ton of first and second round picks. And on team-friendly deals. What was your take on this draft class? Because in the moment, it seemed like the lines were getting killed. Then I feel like people took a deep breath and were like, 
this is a pretty damn good draft. Like, yeah, Jameer Gibbs fits what they want to do. Um, Jack Campbell, you know, seems like a Dan Campbell guy. Even Sam Laporta at tight end. I mean, you, you lose TJ Hawkinson, and there was some yeah. criticism there, rightfully so. Well, now that you, now you have a young tight end on a much better contract than what Hawkinson would have been paid. So, right. what was what was your you know big picture analysis on the? I like the players. I didn't like the positions they got a lot of the guys in. I mean, just to be you know honest, I mean, I do think that positional value plays a part, and it's not about this year that it plays a part. It's about when that bill comes due again four years from now, like Roquan Smith, the best linebacker in the NFL, got traded for a second round pick and a fifth round pick. You know what I mean? So that that's how the NFL valued that really good player at the middle yeah. linebacker position. And um, you know, running backs are, you know, there's just not many that are worth a second contract. So is it something that you're going to be replacing those guys again in, in four or five years? And that's okay. Because again, the Lions are in this window to win now and they did get some really good players. And I think when you look at the totality of the draft, I mean, Gibbs is going to play right away for them. Jack Campbell's probably going to start at some point this year. You know, Laporta, their, their first, second round pick, he's going to be their number one tight end, at least top receiving option. They're Brian Branch. You know, maybe he has a role, rotational role on defense. So I think they got four players that will help them immediately and for the next four years. And in a draft that, you know, maybe the talent wasn't great all around. Um, and, an, and a team that, that expects to win now, I understand why they, they made the moves they did. Right. Even if you, Bijan Robinson, same deal. Like, he, you can worry about that second contract when you get to that point. You can just wear the hell out of these running backs so, right now. Look, just beat them. Look, take advantage. I, I, I can't say I'm totally against what they did because I actually wrote that in the free draft process. Yeah. Like, that's part of it, right? You get the five best years of a running back. Like those first yeah. five years, you're getting that that player's first five years, which are the best years the running back has. It's not like he's going to peak at 28. He peaks at 22 or 24 or whatever. And so you get those years and you're not, you know, I mean, you're paying them, but you're not paying them top of the market yeah. money, Christian McCaffrey money. So I, uh, I don't, I'm not opposed to taking a running back in round one, but I do think when you take a running back at 12 and a linebacker at 18 and a tight end at 34, you know, there is a little bit of positional value that does come into play. Easy on the tight ends, over. right? We're pretty pro I know, I know. We're pretty pro tight, tight ends here. I'm at the end of the circle. That's I like, a great point. I like, I like tight ends too, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah. What's your, so I was talking Here's to Here's one for you, by the way. The Lions have spent more draft capital on tight ends than any team in the NFL over the last, you think about it, Brandon Pettigrew, first-round pick, Eric Ebron, first-round pick, TJ Hawkinson, first-round pick, Laporta, 34. I think that's four players in the top 34 in the rest of the league since 2009 has spent. Not, yeah, I wrote it, but I think it's like 10 picks in the top 34 in tight ends. So they love tight ends here too. We, we didn't work that into the book. No. Like we, we just sidestep that. The second one. The second, <laughs> hey, Dan Campbell's that next tight end, so it makes sense too. It does, yeah. So I had somebody around the Seattle Seahawks tell me they, they really thought that Detroit was going to take Devin Witherspoon. That I think so. Yeah, yeah, that that was going to be the pick, and they, they kind of maybe threw Detroit for a loop, and so okay, we got to get out of this pick because we want Gibbs, but we don't necessarily want him here, so let's move down, get some capital, yeah. to get the same feel. I think that's right. That that Witherspoon had he yeah. made it to six, he went five. Of course, would have been the pick. You know, the one that I guess you know the lines will always be. You know, the comparison will always come down to where the what if will be. What if they took Tyree Wilson? You know, that was the, the pass rusher that was there at six. 
what they passed on. I know he had some medical, you know, issues with his, his foot. And I don't know how the Lions, you know, stood on that. But that's the the example of if he hit on that pass rusher at mm-hmm. six or eight or wherever you might have got him, the value, you know, the, the, the excess value that you derive from that pick versus the excess value that you derive from a, a running back at 12. You know, that's... they got a lot of rush edge rushers here, though, too, they do. right? They like, do. Good amount when, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson... Um, bringing back Charles Harris. Dan was talking about him yesterday. Yeah. Um, I guess be- before we close up shop here, d- defensively, is it the secondary where they really needed to get better? And it's almost a completely different secondary. H- how much better will they be on defense, you think? Yeah, I, I do think they'll be better. And, you know, um, obviously they-, they brought in new additions in the secondary, right? Three new starters, essentially. Cam Sutton will start. Emmanuel Mosley, once he's healthy, should start at one of the cornerback spots. CJ Gardner Johnson, sort of the, yeah. the do everything. Really four because Tracy Walker only played three games last year because of the Achilles. So completely revamped secondary. Kirby Joseph, the young guy, you know, he was at Packer was yeah, yeah. four interceptions last year, three of them on Aaron Rodgers. Um, so you know, he's showing those for the ball. So I think they will be improved there. And really though, that depth up front, like to me, that's where mm-hmm. this team can be can be maybe a surprise on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I asked, I know you like offensive linemen too. You were out here writing about these guys <laughs> last year, but I, I asked Jonah Jackson about the, the Lions offensive line the yeah. other day. And he was like, yeah, you know, really good. And the thing is the defensive line is really good too. Like just sort of went into how good they are and how deep they are. And so when you hear that Hutchinson and James Houston and Josh Paschal, these young guys, Aline McNeil, who, you know, sort of changed his body and his eating habits. Um, I think that's a big reason for optimism for the Lions, right? Because it's like this time of this time of year, everybody's getting excited, everybody's getting jacked up. I mean, you can talk yourself. The door just slammed over there. (laughs) It's all right. Everybody's getting all excited, but you know, I was in Tampa, I was in Jacksonville. You can go to any city, and a a team can talk themselves into contending. But I think here, like the roster backs it up. You know, there's some unknowns, but there's unknowns on every team in the NFC, especially so. It's, it just feels so taboo. Too. I mean, the last so long. Yeah. Like they, it's been for the people out there who don't know. 1991 was the last time they won a playoff game. 1993 was the last time they won the, the division. So, 30 years since their last division, they haven't won the division since the NFC North came into existence. And this year, you look around the division, you look at this roster, and it's like they really do have a chance. And I know there's been optimism here before, but. Um, I think this is the most warranted optimism in a long, long time for the Lions. You heard it from the Dean, the Dean <laughs> of Detroit Lions. He's old. He's old. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, Dave. Great time. You got it, man. Thanks for a sure. lot. Yep. Appreciate it.
When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba.